0: Hi, I'm Chris Roussel, the rector of St. John's Episcopal Church
1: in Lynchburg, Virginia. And I'm Ben Kogel, curate at St. John's. And I'm Sarah Weatherly, director of Youth and Family Ministries. And this is our podcast
0: called One More Thing.
1: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of One More Thing, and we're going to be talking about the Sacrament of Confirmation.
0: Ooh, that sounds like fun. It is fun. It
1: is fun. This
0: is the introductory episode where we're going to talk more broadly about the sacrament, and then we're going to get into some specifics later that we'll tell everybody about.
1: That's right. So if you are a listener of our podcast... Uh, This podcast is doing it's lifting a lot of weight right for for you all It's an awesome season on confirmation, but for our confirmands at st. John's this is their classroom content, right? So they're gonna listen to this and respond to it uh, respond to some questionnaires Uh, You don't have to do that But you'll hear those questions at the end of every episode and that'll give you a way to reflect on what you hear on each podcast so so
0: so we're going back to uh, tradition of the ancient church of doing a podcast
1: instead of a classroom. That's right. <laughs> yes. Just like the fourth century Father Eusebius. <laughs> exactly. Right. And the apostles. Well, well it's funny him. you say that because it is actually a very Anglican thing for the confirmands or the people who are getting ready for the sacrament of baptism to hear a lecture every Sunday evening at Evensong. And this won't be on Sunday evenings necessarily, but having a weekly engagement with something and then responding to it is a very classical way to approach uh this this class and getting ready for the sacrament
0: so they could listen to it on a tuesday morning let's say that's right yes instead of a sunday evening but they can listen to it on sunday evening <laughs> as or well. whatever
1: they want that's, that's right,
0: right. <laughs> and for those who might be interested we do have season one we have uh spiritual practices and disciplines that we covered in season one go listen to that podcast there will be no test on those episodes.
1: That's right. And if you're getting ready for Lent, it might be a good time to brush up on what the different spiritual disciplines are and think about what you might want to take on this season.
0: Absolutely. And as we do with all things at St. John's, we do like to begin with a prayer. And I think, Father Ben, you've got something you've dug up for us.
1: That's right. So speaking of church history and what Anglican tradition, this is from the 1552 Book of Common Prayer. Uh, I've translated it a little bit from old with an e English into regular English. Um, but it's a prayer that comes from the confirmation rite in that prayer book. So let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, Heavenly Father, we give you humble thanks that you have come down to call us to the knowledge of your grace and faith in you. Increase this knowledge and confirm this faith in us evermore. Give your Holy Spirit to these people That they may be born again and be made heirs of everlasting salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit now and forever amen Amen. I love it
0: increase this knowledge and confirm this faith Mm -hmm. I mean that's a lot about what we're doing I mean we so in the study that we've been doing in preparation for this class the study that I've been doing and reading The uh, preparation, and you alluded to that earlier, Father Ben. um, That the whole idea of knowledge was really important. That um, did you know that in the in the early church, in the early Anglican church especially, they had to memorize the Confirmands had to memorize the Articles of Faith, Mm -hmm. the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, the Ten Commandments. That's right. And I think there was something else, but I don't remember what it was
1: it was yeah. it was all sort of built into the catechism right yes. and oh they, yeah the catechism and it was to... like call and response so yep. mm-hmm. where we have those six lines of call and response for our baptismal candidates confirmation candidates they had like five five or ten pages i mean right. i don't know how much it was on paper i have a digital copy but <laughs> yeah it was a lot <laughs> the a lot ancient words. digital
0: copy <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: You're yeah. making fun of me no just
0: you know <laughs> I it's just fun because we've got this new technology and we're doing something old and new all at the same time and that makes me giddy i just makes (laughs) because i'm a i'm a church nerd you know that's
1: right well did anything before we jump into our catechism which Uh we're not asking our confirmands to memorize just to be fair but it would be nice if they read it it would be great if they read it and we'll read some of it on this episode but before we do that is there anything else in this prayer that stuck out to you all
0: well, I mean, I, I pointed out, increase this knowledge and confirm this faith. Um, I think for me, that whole idea of um, knowledge of God's grace, mm-hmm. I mean, because grace is that favor of God given to us, unearned and unmerited. Mm-hmm. That's almost verbatim from the catechism that I have memorized. <laughs> um, but that that what our, what our confirmands are gonna receive when Bishop Mark lays hands on them is uh, an infusion of grace mm. into their hearts, minds, and souls. It's like a, an extra layer of protection against uh, evil and yeah. sin, right? That's right.
1: That stuck out to me to increase this knowledge because I think knowledge is power in in some ways. And I think knowing what you're like committing yourself to when you're being confirmed, the church, God, your peers, your family... And it's a really adult decision that you're making, and I think it's a good one.
0: It's, that's what, one of the reasons why we do confirmations in the later te- teen years mm-hmm. rather than, like, when I got confirmed, it was in 8th grade. I was, I was
1: confirmed in 6th or 7th. Really? I was also mm-hmm. an 8th grader. Really? Yeah.
0: And it didn't, I mean, I wanted to be confirmed, but it did feel like an expectation of my parents, mm. uh, and also an expectation of, of, like, the the just the uh, catechetical program I was part of, right? Mm -hmm. The religious education program I was part of. You do this, you do this, you do this. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to be confirmed. Um, That's right. We really want this to be the choice of the young person. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. A lot of Episcopal churches now are trying out different ways of doing confirmation where they have a different sort of right or church service to acknowledge somebody who's going from middle to high school where confirmation used to be, but then they hold off on confirmation until like, 17 or 18 like we're doing yeah. so it's interesting that, that 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 that's not just us that's a lot of people who are thinking that way these days
0: and look my rule of thumb um uh, two things one is I want the person who is confirmed to be old enough to take a mature, take mature responsibility for their, for their faith lives. So that yeah. if they get up on a Sunday morning and mom and dad say, oh, we're not gonna go to church today, then the one who has been confirmed is old enough to find their way to church, whether they can drive themselves or call a neighbor or hopefully their confirmation sponsor or mm-hmm. a godparent mm-hmm. and ask for a ride to church, they can arrange that and take care of that. Yeah. So the, the other thing that is really important, and I do wanna say this from the outset, is that it is the choice and the option of the young person to decide whether or not they want to go through with confirmation. There's a caveat to that though. I've always said you can, you can refuse to be confirmed, but only after you've done all the preparatory work, after you've gotten the knowledge. Yep. Because if you, if you haven't been prepared, you don't know what you're uh, denying or saying no to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you listen to all the podcasts, you come to uh, the required meetings that we'll have, um, and you decide that you're not ready, or it's not time, or not something you want to do, we'll honor that, but if you just you know, if you just send me an email now and say, wow, well, listen to the first podcast, you said I don't have to do it, so I'm not doing it. Um, that's not gonna fly with me.
1: <laughs> not with or probably news. with your parents. Yeah. <laughs> right here, and we'll get into the, the first question. So the first question we have today is what is confirmation?
0: Hmm, mm. good question, right? Well, you can always break down, I love to break down words. Okay, go for it. All right. <laughs> Asian? What is Asian? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's when you're Aiken. Like, I don't know. It uh, runs Now nah, the first part of it, right? Confirm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are what, what what are what are folks confirming? If uh, if, it, if it's a
1: confirmation. When I confirm something, I am saying yes to something I already said yes to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, confirm this reservation. Okay. Like, I made a reservation and now I'm saying, yep, yeah, I'm still coming to your hotel. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. you've got to keep asking. <laughs> yes. In
0: fact, they give you a confirmation number.
1: Right? That's right. And a confirmation and number when you get a flight. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So, they. So in this context then, what are they confirming? Not a hotel reservation, but something
1: else. Uh, something bigger, I'd say. Their mature commitment to Christ. Wow. Really?
0: Really? That's right Yeah, but where did their first commitment to Christ take place?
1: Baptism Really? Yeah mm-hmm.
0: so in the, I can tell already, you're not speaking loudly enough You're going to have to talk up Oh
1: man, okay Well, I mean, the microphone's <laughs> pointed at me We've got it's the microphone as close to
0: Miss Sarah as possible <laughs> it, and it, if, if it gets any closer, her teeth are going to scrape the microphone
1: <laughs> Gee <laughs> Go for it Ms.
0: Baptism Sarah.
1: Yes, there we go So in our catechism, it says confirmation is the rite in which we express a mature commitment to Christ and receive strength from the Holy Spirit through prayer and the laying on of hands by a bishop. And that's a really important part of it, because that, that of
0: course, and we'll talk uh, shortly about the um, scriptural context of why it's a bishop that does it. Mm -hmm. But but I want to go back to what Miss Sarah said about baptism. Sure. So many of us were baptized as infants and we're not able to make that profession of faith ourselves it was made on our behalf by parents parents and godparents and godparents exactly and so we are confirming the decision that was made for us In fact, when we have a grown adult, um, so my stepdaughter Caroline's boyfriend, Christopher Joseph, (laughs) he is a a college-age student, and he he received baptism and confirmation at the same time. That's right. Because he was making that mature profession of faith at the outset on his own. Mm -hmm. He was not baptized as an infant.
1: Yeah, and he was being baptized and confirmed
0: by... Well, I got to do the baptism, and the and the bishop was there, and got to do the confirmation.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Is that what you're really for? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, the two parter. Okay. <laughs> the two parter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to mention the bishop was there. because oh. you can't confirm anybody. No, no. I Neither can't. can I. I can't. No, nope, that's
0: right. That's <laughs> only for the bishop. <laughs> that's right, Sarahs.
1: <laughs> yep, that's right. Well, but interestingly enough, and this is a sidebar, you can baptize somebody in Maybe. an emergency.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's
1: a yeah. If, if you're in a situation or if any of our listeners are in a situation where someone is dying or uh, there's a traumatic accident, someone's hurt, you are able to baptize that person. Uh, it's a simple, you know, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, but the caveat is uh, you come back and you tell your church that, right? Because the church wants to record that that person was baptized. And God willing, if they get better, then we want to do the full... Thing and and fully receive them as a member of the body of Christ in in the church context. Now you said on. you
0: said the formula. You say their name. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And do you just pour your Starbucks on them? Or
1: yeah, what if you don't have any water?
0: Uh, you gotta find you gotta some get water. water. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you gotta get <laughs> you gotta water. Have water. It can be bottled water. I mean, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. of us have bottled water laying around. So, so yes. God
1: willing, you'll never have to Thank think about Christ. that or do that. But that's that is right. that is a possibility. All right. So back to back. confirmation. Back to, confirmation. <laughs> back to episode one of season two. That's right. So what does it re- – what is required of one who is being confirmed?
0: Well, if we're confirming baptism, I would presume
1: – That they have to be baptized? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right? That's right. Our catechism says they have to be baptized. They have to be sufficiently instructed in the Christian faith, which is what we're doing now. Uh, they have to be penitent for their sins, and they are, have to be ready to affirm their confession of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Well, what does
0: it mean to be penitent for their sins?
1: When I think penitent, I think sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry right. for their sins. Yeah. Feel bad about it. Now. I love it. Uh, for an adult who's getting confirmed, who's live a, lived a long life and had a career and done all the things and is coming to the Christian faith later in life, they might have a lot of sins or they might not. Mm-hmm. They might, but but what I should say is they have a lot of life experience, so it's more likely that they'll be able to think of things that they are regretful of, remorseful of, things that drew them away from God during their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a 16, 17, 18 year old, it might not be that as much. Right. I don't know.
0: I mean, it still could be big. Um, could be. You know, not honoring one's parents. Um, mm, that's uh, a big one. But that would have been a big one for me. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> me
1: too.
0: Might still wow. be. I don't know. <laughs> uh. Wow. <laughs> I guess we touched a nerve here. I'm just using as an example. You know? Yeah. Um,
1: well, that. But, no, I mean, that but I think a really that's good an thing,
0: important though. part of confirmation that sometimes gets overlooked—that we acknowledge our uh, our sin, our fault, and, mm-hmm. and that's part yeah. of maturity, right? Is taking responsibility for the things that we have
1: done in uh, willingly mm-hmm. uh, that is not in accord with God's will for us. That's right. And a mature Christian faith is one that causes your life to change. Right. Right. It's not just what you say and what you do on Sunday morning. It affects. The rest of the week the rest of the year the rest of your life and it changes how you live your life and the decisions you make and the rationale for those decisions
0: well in the baptismal rite we ask those to be um, who are about to be baptized uh, or the parents and godparents if it's an infant if they are if they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior right very common Christian um, um, uh, devotion Accepting, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior mm-hmm. And so that definition that you just provided Says that one who is to be confirmed Is affirming and confirming uh, Their confession of Jesus Christ As their Savior and their Lord What does that mean? three off. Uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was getting ready to yeah. change the subject. Oh, yeah. well, let's, let's <laughs> I was thinking about the next thing. Sorry. <laughs> well,
0: then just briefly, we'll just say that accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior means that Jesus is our guiding light mm. and that the, uh, the commands of Jesus to love God and to love one another is the way in which we order our lives and move
1: our lives. Amen. Okay. Now we'll move on. That's right. And we accept that we are not able to save ourselves right i'll I'll add that yes Yes. yeah jesus has done something that we couldn't do on our own correct and we call that uh grace absolutely yeah um so when i was thumbing through the prayer book one of the things or if you are ever thumbing through the prayer book you might notice that there's a lot of headers in the table of contents but there's not one that says confirmation why is that it's a great question Seeing as
0: how I wasn't the one thumbing through the, the prayer book, <laughs> is that a, I'll treat that as a
1: rhetorical question. Yeah, I was about to All say right, question. I'd be happy to answer that. Uh, thank you, Ben. Um, so, the confirmation service is actually embedded in the service for Holy Baptism, right? Uh, so, when we talk about yeah. baptism, baptism is one of the first things in the prayer book, and it's sort of one of the big. Uh, central parts of our faith is when we baptize our children or, or get baptized ourselves, or when we reaffirm uh, and repeat our baptismal vows every few months. There's certain occasions that we do that during the church year. Um, it's the right of initiation. It's the right of uh, welcoming and joining into the church, and also more broadly into joining the body of Christ. And so confirmation doesn't actually have to innovate uh, on joining the body of Christ, right? When we talk about making a mature profession of the Christian faith, what we're really doing is um, making a, a mature profession of our baptism, right? That thing that's already been done, assuming that you were baptized as a baby and now are being confirmed.
0: Absolutely. Yeah being grafted onto the body of Christ, right? That's right.
1: But it's also a little bit confusing, right? Like it seems like we're duplicating efforts here. So maybe we mm-hmm. could talk a little bit about how we got baptism and confirmation and why don't we just baptize or just confirm, right? Do you want to dive into that a little bit, Chris?
0: Yeah, I did a, I was doing a, a little bit of historical study, so you know, priests can do baptisms Uh, And deacons also can, if if in the absence of a priest, and of course we said lay people in in the case of an emergency. But confirmation is reserved for bishops and bishops alone, Mm -hmm. Uh, primarily because it's traced back to uh, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8 in the Bible. Take out your Bible, go to Acts 8, and you'll see that uh, two of the first apostles, Peter and John, they were called to a community where the community had only received baptism, but it says they had not received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. They had received the Holy Spirit, but not the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so Peter and John laid hands on those individuals and conferred upon them the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So over time, the church adopted that as something that was unique and different from baptism. As the, as the sacraments evolved and took shape, uh, they got merged together, and then they got separated again, and then they merged together, and then they got separated <laughs> again. Um, just as we worked through understanding what confirmation is, what it's about, what its purpose is, you know, if you think historically about uh, the people from England, who moved to America and settled here? They came without bishops initially, right? That's right. And so, if confirmation is reserved for bishops, how, how did they do confirmation?
1: They just didn't for they, a long time. They just
0: didn't. And so, the significance of the of the sacrament was somewhat diminished during that that time in history. Mm-hmm. But it got recaptured as people recognize that making a mature affirmation of their faith is um is an important step and an important part of the process of living out your your christian faith that's right
1: so so just to be clear i'm going to do another angle at it if that's okay yeah no go right ahead so, i can
0: tell you've got a to... early
1: church <laughs> yeah like we're talking like 200s there are bishops and there are presbyters yeah. right presbyters yeah. are folks who are kind of in a city bishops might move between several places kind of like our bishops do now yeah baptism wasn't done by those presbyters baptism also confirmation mm-hmm. the, kind of they're merged at this point was done by the bishop, big occasion, lots of people go through it, big celebration, long, 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 I mean, we're talking like whole day church services, right? Right, like from mm. nine in the morning till seven at night is what I read. Mm. And so then over the next thousand plus years, fast, well, really 1500 years, that that sort of fades away, right? The presbyters start to take a role. Now, now we call them priests or pastors. Um, those people started to take the role of baptism uh, not to say the bishops didn't, but they just did it they weren't the only ones who could. They shared that responsibility. Is right. that fair to that, say? I would say yeah. that, yeah. But in our tradition, the bishops retain the confirmation. So when you when anybody joins the Episcopal Church, at some point when the bishop visits their parish, they either are confirmed or they are received or they go through a reaffirmation, mm-hmm. which is another word, I guess, for confirmation. Right? But they they go through that baptismal rite. Uh, say those words and receive the laying out of hands by the bishop.
0: So I will I will I will make one small correction. Reaffirmation sure. is not the same as confirmation. Right. No. So no. reaffirmation is uh, someone who has already been confirmed and or received into the Episcopal Church and maybe they stopped going to church for a while and mm. they have made a new a renewed commitment to to reenter the church and and live out their faith and they just want to reaffirm and Bishop Mark has has said to us it's not necessary to hold on to the reaffirmation uh, for his visit, oh. so we can do the reaffirmations without the presence of the bishop in, in this diocese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's part of. I his. meant
1: same like their synonyms because we're saying oh, affirm oh. and confirm. I gotcha. Sounds Sorry. the same. Yeah. No, but the clarification is really helpful. Yeah. So thanks. You're welcome. So we're about. Uh, I think we want to um, make a shift. Make a shift. Yeah. So hopefully that. History of confirmation makes sense, uh, and you can understand that now, when we're talking about confirmation, it really is talking about that mature um, profession, mature affirmation of your informed, baptismal values. informed, 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 right? Mm-hmm,
0: Knowledgeable yeah. knowledge, uh, having received the knowledge
1: and the information that they need in order to make that that decision. That's right. And if you happen to be listening to this podcast still and you're still intrigued, I would really encourage you to reach out to one of us about the possibility that you could be confirmed or received into the Episcopal Church. Yeah, that you know, it, to you as I, well. I
0: think one of the things that gets lost in this is uh, people who have not been confirmed and they're well into their adulthood, mm-hmm. they think, oh, that's for the kids, or I don't want to go to a class and I'm like 60 years old and i'm with a bunch of teenagers because mm-hmm. i don't want to drag it down but that's what i've been told I that's would, what I've i been was told. gonna say
1: i think that'd be the funnest person in the class well, i yeah. think it would My i think it would be too the same time i was R- oh. your mom mm-hmm. oh see awesome. that's awesome because she thought she was confirmed in like middle school high school and it turns out she wasn't she completed the classes but i don't know misconfirmation
0: huh. f- father ben was confirmed by somebody famous i was Who was it? I was
1: confirmed by Bishop Curry.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, man. You just made your mama happy. I know.
1: She's going to listen to this too. I think
0: that's that's pretty cool. That's right. So So,
1: now that we've put out that invitation to you all, our our dear listeners, um, we want to outline a little bit of what's going to happen the rest of this season, right? We're only going to have seven episodes, including this one, not 10 this time. Uh, And we're gonna spend we're gonna pair those episodes. So two episodes on one topic, two on the second topic, two on the third. And let's go through those three topics. Topics. I'm curious. Well, I think you know. I know them. Question. Question (laughs) number one. So why Christianity?
0: Why do I want to be a Christian? That's Mm -hmm. one of the things that we want our young people to be able to answer for themselves, Mm -hmm. because when uh, as as Father Ben pointed out in the Catechism question about what's required. To affirm their confession of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a Christian, you need to know why you want to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. So that's the first. So the first, the next two episodes, episode two and episode three, will cover the whole idea of why do I want to be a Christian.
1: That's right. The second question is why the Episcopal Church. Um, so there's obviously 100, 200, 1,000 different Mm -hmm. denominations or Mm non-denominations in in America, much less in Lynchburg. Um, And so we're gonna ask the question, why do we want to be Uh, Members of the Episcopal Church. What is what specific things does the Episcopal Church say or believe or do that sets it apart uh, from the other from the wider uh, part of Christianity? But also, what are those things that affirm? um, Oh, jeez, I'm using the word affirm now. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) What are those things that the Episcopal Church uh, shines a light on in the broader Christian message that are important? Right. Well,
0: let's. So just what are some other denominations? When we talk about a denomination, not everybody knows what that means. Oh, sure. So um, the Episcopal Church is, okay. Baptist, mm-hmm. Catholic. Yep. Lutheran.
1: Presbyterian. Yep. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's right. So each of those Christian denominations um, have something unique. Now there's something that's that they all share in common. Mm-hmm. And what what we share in common is more important than what our differences are. I think so, yeah. But there are differences, and so we need to know what some of those differences are, mm-hmm. because it informs um, not just what we believe, but how we worship and how we choose to follow Jesus Christ. The that's way right. in which we follow Jesus as our Lord and Savior—it's all about Jesus, folks. You're oh. going to hear a lot about Jesus. Amazing. So that's episodes uh, four and five. Answers yes. the questions: Why do I want to be an Episcopalian?
1: And then what about the last two?
0: Well, the the last two.
1: One, two episodes.
0: Oh, the last two episodes. I was like, <laughs> there's only one more question on my sheet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so the last question is, why do I want to be a member of St. John's? Yeah. You know, we are blessed, especially in this part of Virginia, to have a lot of different uh, Episcopal churches that are around. And we all work in unison together. We're part of a larger diocese, the Diocese of Southwestern Virginia. That's the that's the region, that uh, the district, if you will, that Bishop Mark oversees. Mm -hmm. Um, and we work in collaboration, not only with Bishop Mark, but with the other Episcopal churches and clergy. And so for those who want to be confirmed at St. John's, uh, you might be confirmed here because it fits with your schedule and the Bishop is here, but you want to become a member at St. Paul's or Trinity Boonesboro or Grace Memorial. That's okay. If you feel called by the Spirit, to join us and be part of St. John's, maybe your parents are here, this is the church where you were raised, maybe you you, you like uh, you know some aspect of what we do and how we do it, uh, you do have to answer the question, why do I wanna be a member of St. John's? And I think mm-hmm. that's really important. So you'll notice that we've gone very broadly, why do I wanna be a Christian? We've narrowed it down, why do I wanna be an Episcopalian? And then we finally sharpen our focus with the last
1: two episodes, why do I wanna be a member of St. John's? That's right. So that's what we'll be doing this season, and we can't wait to journey with you and uh, for y'all to join in our conversations. I think that wraps it up for today. I
0: think think so. Uh, We were mentioning to uh, a group of our older parishioners that we were doing this. Uh, They have indicated that they want to listen to this podcast along with our confirmands But one of the things that they they've asked is they they want to hear what our young people have to say Mm. to answer those questions And so we may be looking to you to provide some answers and we'll talk more about that later down the line but we're excited to have you here. It's going to be a great time and um, Father Ben in terms of questions that arise in the podcast
1: yeah, if you are a confirmand and you have a question or you want to respond to something or if you have a technical challenge with doing the quiz, we'll we'll tell you all about how to do that uh, offline of the podcast. But mm-hmm. okay. um, if you have a question about something that you heard that doesn't get covered in the quiz material, feel free to reach out to uh, myself, to Father Chris, or to Sarah, and we'd love to have conversations with you all at any point uh, during the next few months when you're in confirmation, uh, whether that's... Uh, spring of 2022 or if you're hearing this later on next next round when we do confirmation that'll still apply to whoever your clergy leaders are and your lay leaders and the church um and if you're listening to this and you're not in a confirmation class again if you want to be confirmed reach out to uh father chris or myself um if you have a theological question a scriptural question a question about the content uh we'd love to have conversations right this is what we Uh, live and breathe over here at St. John's. It's not just the uh, day-to-day business of the church, but it's the day-to-day business of being a follower of Jesus for us
0: as I see you landing the plane Am I to understand that we um, that that our listeners are off the hook for a homework assignment? Or do we have a reflection question for them?
1: We don't have a reflection question uh, for you Woo-hoo-hoo! For this first episode, mm-hmm. but we will for the next six They'll be built off of those big big picture questions. Why Christianity? Why the Episcopal Church and why St. John's?
0: Yeah, you, you know when you like when you were in school and you go to that first-class Class and you had mm-hmm. that teacher that always gave homework on the first day and you're like oh and oh, then you had the cool yeah. b- sorry teachers but you did have the cool teacher that was like no no homework on the first day amazing
1: and you're like oh syllabus day yeah yep. syllabus day syllabus week. <laughs> yeah indeed <laughs> that's right well i'm well, delighted i'm, excited. I'm looking, i don't know about you guys i'm looking forward to this I'm me really too excited. it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah. all right we'll see you next time peace out